Hi, I'm Callum. And I'm Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and this is 1001, a film podacy. Each week we talk about a film that is featured in the book 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. A dark-haired lady survives a car accident slash assassination attempt on the way to a party in LA, but her head has gone west due to smacking extremely hard on some bit of car, and she now hasn't got a clue who she is. She stumbles into an apartment in the Hollywood Hills. This apartment is owned by young Betty Elm's aunt, who has let her niece stay there for a while. Betty has just arrived in Hollywood, the city of dreams, you might say. She certainly has a dream, a dream of becoming a star. The two women meet and the dark-haired lady adopts the name Rita. Together they begin to unravel the mystery behind Rita's true identity. Who is Diane Selwyn? What the fucking hell was that thing behind the diner? Why are those old people tiny now? Was that Billy Ray Cyrus? And what happened on Mulholland Drive? So, Callum, why'd you pick this film? Because um, I haven't watched it for ages. I looked at my letterbox and it was, I think, 2018 when I last watched this. And that was before I sort of sort of really properly got into films. And I thought, I didn't really understand this the first time I watched it, so I want to try again. And since then, I've watched bloody loads of David Lynch things. And he's um, a bit more now then. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favourite guys, I'd say. Um, and I thought, I'm probably going to like that a lot next time I watch it. And I want to just mess with your head, basically. I just thought it'd be funny. Because I was watching The Shining going, this is mental. What's another f- mental film we can pick for two in a row? Yeah. So I thought, this is pr- a pretty strange film. <laughs> um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, let's go. Mission accomplished, because I was foaming at the mouth after like, like Danny last week. I was I didn't have a clue. I uh, yeah. I on first viewing Yeah. Well for the well all I'll say is for the first two hours I thought I was watching an episode of Charmed. Uh, Charmed? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then obviously when it finished I was like, right, okay. So it's meant to be like that. And then I understood it a bit more. And then the more I've read on it the more I've understood it, but still, I don't think anyone really understands. I would be very surprised if David Lynch even knows what he's done. Yeah, well, we're two guys who kept forgetting which one Falma was and which one Louise was, so God help us during this bloody <laughs> film with all the different <laughs> names and things. Christ. Um, David Lynch, oh. go on then, directed oh. by David Lynch, you're a big fan. Um, I've only ever seen one of the film, Elephant Man, which isn't, I, I've heard a typical David Lynch film. Um, um, so I didn't have a clue what I was going to be expecting from this. I didn't know that it was going to be as confusing and weird and all of the rest as it was. I I don't I think it's one of them when you sit down you're expecting something completely different. Yeah, um, yeah. What were you expecting in general before you watched it? Well, I purposely didn't sort of learn anything about the film. I didn't even watch the trailer or anything. Um, yeah. So at the start when there's the crash and stuff like that and she doesn't know who she is. I thought it's it was just literally her just trying to find out who she was. I think oh, that's right. obviously what he wanted everyone to think though, isn't it? So I think Like Memento, basically yeah, for Yeah, yeah I thought it was gonna be like Memento, yeah. Or Memory starring Liam Neeson. That hit. I've I've not seen Hello? it. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm here. <laughs> I don't think I have. 
um, all right, yeah. Um, but I, I, David Lynch, I think the first film I watched by him was Blue Velvet, which is a bit weird. It's not as like mental as this. It makes sense. You can follow it. Mm-hmm. But there's some strange moments in it. Um, and they sing a Roy Orbison song in that, actually. Yeah, um, that's weird, and then yeah. I watched A Razorhead. And then and then I just went through him. And the only one I haven't seen by him is June, actually. It's the only film I haven't seen by David Lynch. Um, and I've watched all of Twin Peaks as well, which is mental. Well, this so was, I was primed and ready for this. This film was originally sort of... It, it was meant to be a follow-on from Twin Peaks, I've read. Yes. But it, it was, was written. Be the, the character of Audrey, who's a little... I don't know what to call her without being offensive, but she tries it on all the time with uh, the main character in Twin Peaks. She's 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 after him. Um, she's only a high schooler, um, but yeah, it was meant to be her sort of story, wasn't it? When she going to Hollywood and becoming an actress and stuff. So I, I found that too. I thought that was a pretty cool little yeah tidbit. Tidbit. Well, I've, I've, I've not seen <laughs> Twin Peaks, but it's definitely one on the list. Yeah, I, I will say if you found this a bit mental, there are some episodes of Twin Peaks that are just... In fact, I'd say Twin Peaks has the, some of the scariest possible scenes in it that I've ever seen in my life, actually. More yeah, scary than any horror film I've seen. That's enough to put me off. Um, <laughs> it's think, horrible. I have bad dreams about it sometimes. If, if David Lynch films are all like this, they're not the sort of... I don't think they're the sort of films where you can watch them back to back. I can't imagine you could go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to watch Twin Peaks and then Mulholland Drive in a day. Or in two days. Mm. I don't know if you could. I don't think I could. I think I'm going to have to give it at least a month before I attempt any more David Lynch films. I mean, this one's Just to pretty... calm my nerves, really. <laughs> yeah. Last week, um, um, when we did The Shining, you put a clip in of people coming out of the cinema and talking about a Razorhead. Yeah. Um, I sounded like um, some of those people after I watched this, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was demented and crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. that's what I said. That's exactly what I said after I watched it. Yeah, it was a disturbed well, mind. Yeah, that's the guy I was trying to be. I was trying to think of him. And so, who's in this? We got Naomi Naomi Watts married to Leave Schreiber in real life. Did you yes, know that? I did, but only because I've been looking it up all week. Pretty weird. Um, she I've not, no, I've not been looking that up all week. I've just I've been researching <laughs> yeah. all week, so I've, yeah, I've read that. I've been following them around. Yeah. Um, she plays, well, how are we going to do this, Jake? Actually, I can cut this out. What are we going to call them initially? Because there's bloody loads of names here. Well, let's start from this. She plays Betty Alms. Yeah. Who, as I said, is a young actress wanting to make it big in Hollywood. Yeah, so um, the film starts out, she's a, a bright-eyed starlet. Bushy-tailed. Yeah, bushy-tailed starlet. Um, the winner of a dance contest, we're led to believe. Um, Can I just ask that? When you say bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, are you tra- are, are you descri- is that meant to describe a bush baby? Or what's going on? Bright-eyed or a squirrel? Yeah, I thought it was a squirrel or something. Why did they say bushy-tailed? <laughs> anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, go on. She won a, uh, what was it? The Jack dance. and Ori, I see. Jumping <laughs> no, Jacks. What was it called? Just a book. Just a book. Yeah, she told a really good story. Yeah, she. Uh, um, yeah, she won a jitterbug contest. Um, by the looks yeah. of it, but it's all just hinted at. I didn't know that until afterwards. Like, why? <laughs> I didn't know that at yeah. all until after the film. Um, to so be yeah. honest, I thought that I thought that was an iTunes advert at first. <laughs> with all the shadows and all the different colours of the. Yeah. Um,
So yeah, we've got Betty Holmes who, who's just arrived into in Los Angeles. She's going to be staying in her auntie's apartment while she looks to take on Hollywood, basically. Oh, yeah. um, you've also got Laura Haring as well. Um, yeah, a woman I don't know. I don't think I've seen anything else that she's been in. No, honest. she's in the Punisher and Little Nicky. I think I've seen Little Nicky, so I, I must have seen oh, it. I've seen Little, Little Nicky. Well, she plays Rita. She's the, the, the poor girl in the crash. Um, she's having a bad time. She was about to be assassinated. Um, and then she's saved by a car crash. She's got amnesia, I'm assuming. She doesn't remember who she is after the crash, which is fair enough. She smacked her head. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a side story, sort of side story, but it sort of intertwines with the main story with Justin Theroux as mm-hmm. a director called Adam Kesher. Yes, who looks like, if, if you said to me, draw a picture of somebody from 2001, yeah, <laughs> um, he would be the drawing. Well, apparently that's he 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 got on a flight. Uh, he was really really sort of jet lagged when he met David Lynch to sort of talk about this role, and that's just what he looked like. He had mental hair and was just dressed all in black because he was knackered and couldn't mm. be bothered. And David Lynch went, "Well, just use that in the picture. You can dress like that." Well, I I've heard that, and then I heard the other way around as well. I think my it was either Naomi Watts or Laura Haring had, had done the exact same thing. Got off a flight, went straight to the. Uh, to the audition and he said yeah come back tomorrow but more dolled up oh so yeah so well why not both ways <laughs> well, well david yeah he's been a little bit I didn't realize chauvinist. naomi came in and did not look exactly okay. like the photograph that i had fallen in love with it was disappointing it was not <laughs> disappointing a little bit it was it was um uh, devastating. <laughs> so um, I asked Naomi if she could come back yeah. uh, with some makeup on, and then she did. And we talked some more like this. But yeah, Adam, Adam Kesher, played by Justin Three, he's the director of a film, being pressured by some strange mafia men to cast a particular woman in a film, basically. That's his story, isn't it? Yeah, he's... Um, yeah, it was all quite confusing that sort of bit. That that's the only sort of bit that's I don't know. I, I it's really hard to to, to sort of describe this film, isn't it? Yeah, it is hard. It, yeah, I don't know. They see there's seemingly random scenes in this that you're like, what the hell was that all about? And yeah. Then, but then somehow, apparently, they make sense in the long run. Yeah. So he he want, he's making a movie and he wants to cast a certain actress as the main as the lead in the film, um, but the mafia. Uh, I'm assuming it's the mafia. Um, are pressuring him to 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 hire somebody else, basically. Yeah, they don't really give any reasoning for it. They just want him to to cast this other person. Basically, this film is two hours of just being confused and incoherent. Then, and then, yeah, and then this, the last twenty minutes is reality. So the first two hours is a dream. The last twenty minutes is reality, isn't it? Really, is that similar to Only Fools and Horses, where you go, oh, or is it just not? This would be an absolutely absurd <laughs> episode of Only Fours and Horses. Would, would you put Del Boy in this situation? Just a really confused granddad, just a really yeah. tiny one trying to get under the door. <laughs> There's no other sort of big characters in it, but I think Anne, Mill- Anne Miller's meant to be quite a... She's, she's a big actress, isn't she? She's in quite a lot of... She's a big, big 40s and 50s actress. Um, I think yeah. this was like her last role, wasn't it? So we'll give her an honourable yeah. mention. So Anne Miller plays Coco, um, <laughs> who seemingly owed the block of flats that Betty is staying in. 
Yeah, landlord. Yeah, landlady. Landlady. Excuse me. Excuse me. Or lord. You can be a lord as a lady. Yeah. Why? Why are we? Why are we sexualizing land people? There's also Tony Longo, who's a fucking massive guy that beats the shit out of two people. Do you remember that? That big massive mafia man that just beats the shit out of Billy Ray Cyrus and oh yes, <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> He's not a main character, but I wanted to make him. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it was huge. It was massive. So yeah, so uh, another mention, and Billy Ray Cyrus is in this film. Um, yeah, most famous for having a Bur- mullet, birthing Miley birthing. Cyrus. He didn't birth Miley Cyrus, but he was part of birthing yeah. Um, yeah. and he's yeah, sung achy breaky heart, didn't he? And his song is sung around football stadiums with different lyrics on the daily basis. Yeah, but yeah, I bet a lot of football fans don't know that. I thought I I that was a revelation for me when I realised that. Achy Burkey Heart is Don't Take Me Home. Yeah. <laughs> Mental. Don't it believe nice. it. Um, have you got any other mentions of oh, Mark Pellegrini now? I suppose he's quite a big he's the hitman. Joe yes. Messing. He's yeah. quite a big I'd say he's a supporting character, quite a big character, isn't it? Really? Yeah, he's he's got his own scene, hasn't he? So Um and then there's uh, obviously that creature behind the um well, behind the diner. <laughs> it's it, on on Wikipedia it's called They've just bum, yeah. So bum. <laughs> so that's played by Bonnie Aaron's. There you go. Um, Bonnie Aaron's also plays the nun in the nun and the conjuring. If you uh, thought you recognised her face, yeah, I do now. Yeah. So there you go. That's so she scared us at least twice, maybe oh, three yeah. times in our lives. <laughs> mm. Scary, pointy face. So I can understand why she's cast as horror villains. And well, things. I I think. It's, it's not. It's just. It's just a homeless person. I. I don't know why. I know, but it's, <laughs> she's meant to be scary. That fella, he, he shits himself. <laughs> well, he literally dies. <laughs> the, the homeless person's meant to represent like evil and um, guilt. Yeah, and all that. And Apparently, poor thing. Like she's just a homeless person. I know. I don't know why, but I tell you what. In series three of um, Twin Peaks: The Return, there's lots of homeless people that walk around that look like her so i think david lynch's got a bit of a i don't know he likes using them as scary characters because in the third series of twin peaks they go got a light they just walk around well they're lumberjacks so maybe that's his biggest fear they're meant to be lumberjacks but they're all covered in soot like she like she is david lynch is scared of the poor (laughs) he is i think (laughs) oh that's a good point though maybe uh that's the reason because she's worried about being poor and homeless maybe that's possibly yeah she's worried about being becoming Becoming her. I never thought yeah. about that. There we go, we've cracked it. Right, my theory about David Lynch yeah. is that he didn't actually have a plan with a lot of this film. He yeah. did so much. Um, his story was actually what I thought it was the first <laughs> two hours. And then he just went, nah, I don't like it. I can't think of an ending. So let's just do something frigging mental. And then let everybody else can do the hard work for me and they can come up with the story. That's why he refuses to comment on what the film's about. Well, because he yeah. doesn't actually have an idea. <laughs> He just lets everyone else make it up for himself, which is is, is clever in itself. Um, it is a clever. Yeah, everyone clever else do the hard work. Well, I know he's he's done a um, sort of a, a class online, so he can learn how to make films with David Lynch. I think Martin Scorsese did one as well, and someone else, maybe Steven Spielberg. Uh, no, it was Spike Lee, I think, and Martin Scorsese. Mm. Um, and one of his sort of uh, things that he said he does, or that we could you can do as a filmmaker, is just write down all the scenes and then just throw them in the air. 
and then just yeah. do it in whatever order they landed. You want to make a feature-length film, all you need to do is get 70 ideas. And you write these scenes on 3x5 cards, and when you have 70 of them, you've got a feature film. One other person I'd like to mention is uh, the person who plays the cowboy, just because he's got a great name, Monty Montgomery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just a mate of Dave Lynch's, wasn't he? he was just a yeah, he, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's just, yeah, just a producer. Just a guy. Just a cowboy guy. Just a guy. Just a guy. Yeah. And the scene he's in with Justin Theroux, just because he couldn't learn his lines because he's not an actor, <laughs> he, just held up, he just held up cards with his <laughs> lines on. And you can sort of tell. When, when, if you... When I, if you go back to that scene, you can just see he's like sort of his eyes are like sort of looking at it's, you it's, know, it makes like it, it creepier. I think because it, it is. I think it's quite a creepy scene. That uh, it's uneasy, isn't it? Um, it is, but I, I wouldn't be intimidated by him and his big hat. I'd be like, all right, whatever, cowboy. I, I, well, no, I would if you if said it, that he sees me. You see me one more time. Then yeah. You see me twice. You've done good. If you see me a third time, you've you've done bad. I, I can't remember what the I can't remember what the actual ordering was, but yeah, that was that was his rules, wasn't it? It was. I don't. Do you know why? Well, anyway, we can get into all the sort well, of. Like you said earlier, yeah, yeah. you've bumped into my mum twice this week, so maybe you've done. Oh God! What does that How mean? How many times? <laughs> twice. I've done bad. <laughs> oh no! What's going to happen to me? Do you have any standout scenes that you liked? The jump. The jump scare. I didn't like, but. It was quite a memorable scene. I don't know why it seemed the, the two fellows sat there talking. It was quite reminiscent of like um, Pulp Fiction a little bit. I thought sat in a diner. I don't know. Oh, I, diner scenes always remind me of that. It's like in Goodfellas as well, isn't there? Do you know when um, Ray Liotta and Robert De Niro were sat there and they find out that yeah, I can't remember what they find out. Oh, Joe Pesci's been whacked. Um, oh. Just people sat in diners. I don't know why, and they're always chatting about something. Um, I don't know. They always stick out. It's a weird one. I think it just reminds me of all the other good films with similar scenes. Um, and then I shit yeah. myself not long after it, so <laughs> I had to pause to go and clean myself up. There's a man in back of this place. He's the one who's doing it. I can see him through the wall. I can see his face. I hope that I never see that face ever outside of a dream. They were sat in a Winkies, weren't they? Which they, they wanted the rights to Denny's, but they, they couldn't get them. Um, oh, is that true? Yeah, so it just made it look like a Denny's. Well, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but for eight years in a row, David Lynch ate in the same restaurant <laughs> that I think was like a dinery place. Maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it was there then. Um, maybe it was based <laughs> on he, that. He, he walked behind it and he saw this homeless person and absolutely shit himself. Yeah. Because he hates poor people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, yeah, and that's, that was his uh, that inspiration. Was based on a true story, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, should we talk about just the, the acting in general, like for at least like three quarters of this film? Do you, do you think it was like, I don't know, like a hallmark movie, like a true movie, like just really over the top? Yeah, it's, it was like I said to you, it was like a Charmed episode. It was just like sort of soap acting a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it's meant to be because, not to keep going on about Twin Peaks, but they basically, um, the acting in that is, a, they are, they are, that's the sort of premise. It's like a soap, but with David Lynch involved, so it's a bit mental. So it's like they're all like 
I'll have a cup of joe, please, and stuff like that. Yeah. But then someone just gets absolutely obliterated for, for no reason. <laughs> You're like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. But yeah, when I first watched the act in this, I thought it was, it reminded me of something like The Room with, uh, oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, no, like it, this is why I, when I watched it, I was like, I don't think I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Because I just thought, I, I don't know if it is very good. Obviously, when you realise at the end yeah. that it's all, it was all on purpose, like it, it's supposed to be like that. It's meant to be, is it kitschy? Is that the word? Yes, the word, yeah. There you go. It's meant to be kitsch. Because I thought there was lots of funny scenes in this film (laughs) that I think are meant to be funny. Yeah. Meant to make you feel a bit weird. Like, one in right at the beginning is after, so obviously Betty comes out with those two old, random old people from an airport. um, Sat in the taxi. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just sat in the taxi just laughing for no reason. Uh, It's quite horrible. Um, and that was that was just made me laugh for, for some reason. I don't know what was going on. And like you said, another bit as well with the um, the uh, I don't know the, the the mafia guy that goes round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, the the woman jumps on his back, and then the yeah. Ray Cyrus runs around the corner and he just smacks him. Yeah. And then just walks out again. Oh no, he doesn't. He just he starts shouting. Doesn't he? He's looking for um director isn't he david Lynch seems to insert seemingly random scenes into the films because yeah. at the beginning of fire walk with me there's this whole sort of bit about two complete people who've never been in twin peaks ever and if one of them's played by Kiefer sutherland and they're just two completely it's a completely separate thing and then they just like bust a there's something about a bus full of mexican women and you're like what the fuck what is going on here and then out of nowhere david uh, david bowie comes out and he's like <laughs> In like a like a southern accent, going ah, fun, I told you, what is going on? And then it goes into the main story. You're like, what was that all about? But he does it all the time. He puts them in just to mess with people and sees what people come out with. It reminds me of um, I Am the Walrus a little bit because they, they people used to try and look into the Beatles lyrics all the time and try and work them out and stuff. Yeah, uh, and then they used to like publish all these different sort of theories of what they thought the songs meant. So um, yeah, John Lennon, John Lennon wrote. I am the walrus, um, which sounds like it should make mean something, but it means absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. Just for his own entertainment, just to see what people would sort of interpret the, the song um, as meaning. <laughs> um, and I yeah. think David Lynch might do a little bit of that. He just puts these things in there just to see what people think they mean. If you know, if you get me. Yeah, probably. And I think one of them would have been well. There's a scene where those two mafia men go to the production company and speak to Adam Kesher about casting a particular actress. And then one of them, played by um, Angelo Badalamenti, who's the yeah. who's the composer. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Yeah, asks asks for a napkin, um, and then spits out his espresso that was given to him, just all over it. For and that just seems like what what the hell was all that about? <laughs> Why is he saying that? But yeah, it just seems like that. You're like, what is going on? Maybe he's just pulling our pisses a bit with yeah. all that he's doing. <laughs> Could be. Um, at the start of this as well, there's two detectives that turn up at the crime scene. Um, Yes, of, of the car crash, and it's Robert Forster, and obviously he's quite a big actor. So I thought he was he was going to play quite a role in this. Yeah, he, him and Brent Briscoe, the two detectives, are on screen for exactly one minute. Are they? Is that um, it? <laughs> but they're still both credited. Like, and if you have a look at like the cast list for this film, they're both quite high up on it. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I thought I saw that as well. And I think they're cast quite. It's just in order of when they appear. In the yeah, film, it must be. Yeah. Um, uh, but but Justin Theroux's like top villain. Weirdly, I thought that was a bit strange. Um, You'd think it'd be Naomi Watts. I think she was an unknown at the time. Yeah, she was. I think this is like a. They said that um, just before this film was released, like she was like behind on paying her 
her rent and stuff like that, and she was ready to be kicked out. Um, oh God. I think she was going to give up on like the dream, the Hollywood dream, much like her character in this film. Um, yeah. But her friend Nicole Kidman. Um, oh yeah. Persuaded I, not to. I don't know what it is, but Naomi Watts and Nicole Kidman both remind me of you, McGregor. And I think it's. What? I don't know why. I think it must be just because Naomi Watts look- in the Impossible with you, McGregor. Oh yeah. And then Nicole Kidman is what's she in with you, McGregor? Is it Moulin Rouge? No. One of those. Moulin Rouge is she? She's in something. Um, and I don't know what it is, but now I know that they're friends. Yeah. It's just, I don't Chicago know. Chicago or something. Chicago, yeah, that's it. I can't remember what it is now, but I just can't. Or, or the producers, it's one of those, isn't it? I can't stop. I don't know, they just both remind me of you and McGregor now. Yeah. <laughs> they do look identical to him, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, another thing we'll say about this film is that they actually started filming it in like February 1999 as yeah. a, a pilot for a TV show. Um, yeah. That never got picked up. I don't know if if I think it was ABC weren't happy with it. Um, Studio Canal came in and saved the day um, and turned it into a movie. They wanted to turn it into feature length. So there you go. Yeah, and I think Naomi Watts was happy about that, wasn't she? Because she wasn't happy with the sort of open endedness of the of the pilot or something or the original film they shot. So they went back and reshot bits. Yeah. And then like sort of closed it off, and she was like, "Right, that's much better." I, you know, the ending's much more. Yeah, well, it, when when asked be. why you're not going ahead with it, I think ABC were like, well, it was just a bit weird. There, there was like a three-minute scene of just a dog turd. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Surely, surely they would have seen... Was Twin, Twin Peaks was on ABC, I think, wasn't it? I can't remember. don't know. Or NBC, maybe. Um, but, yeah, surely they would have seen that and gone, all right, we know what to expect with this. It's going to be similar to that. Maybe but, they just didn't want two of a kind. Maybe they didn't want both. Another scene as well, um, I know this is sort of randomly put out there, but hey, I'm chucking the scenes in the air here. <laughs> um, there's a scene where Adam Kesher smashes the producer's car with the windshield yeah. of his golf club, and that's based on, I think Jack Nicholson did that. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, a few years before. And, and his nickname's Mulholland Man. What yeah, came first, the, the nickname or the, the film? I don't know. I think he was, he was known for, for that before this, because it was 1994. Oh. Where that happened. There you um, go. So, yeah, David Lynch must have just read that and gone, well, put that in the picture. I don't know why I keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he speaks. If you look at interviews with David Lynch, that's how he speaks. So, I, don't, I didn't have, I, <laughs> I've never seen an interview with him, so yeah. He's he's a madman. He is funny. And every day uh, on YouTube, he, he, he picks a number from um, like a, a little sort of see through sort of jar. Um, and he goes, let's go with today's number. And then it's a, it gets a little ping pong ball with a number on it, and goes, "Today's number is three. And then every day is a new number. And he also tells you what the weather's like think, in LA every day. I think you sent me a video of that before. <laughs> I watch it most days <laughs> when, when I remember to. I go, oh yeah, I wonder what today's number, number is. <laughs> I'm just sat there. Oh god, what's today's number? Do you reckon when, when you I'll... get so far, it starts going to have a twist in itself? I don't know. I think so because he's dressed exactly the same in every video. I'm not sure if he's actually filming it every day or he's just like filmed about 200 and then just replaying and playing them on repeat. And then I think, yeah, I think there's got to be something that's going to happen in it. Maybe not, though. Maybe he just likes doing it. But he's got exactly the same clothes on. Yeah. And every it's weird. Maybe he just wears that every day. Maybe he's going to post uh, one of those videos on his Facebook of taking a picture of himself every day. <laughs> yeah. Here we go for today's number. It's December 16. 2022, 10 balls, each ball has a number, 
numbers one through ten. Swirl the numbers. Pick a number. Today's number is one. But yeah, that's David Lynch for you. A crazy cat. Kooky uh, cat. Kooky uh, character. So, Betty and Rita, you said that obviously they meet. Uh, Rita's concussed, I'm assuming, um, and doesn't know who she is. So the, the the first sort of couple hours of the film is trying to find, is, is Rita trying to discover who she is, trying to yeah. find out who she is. Um, so they go about sort of trying to do that also while Betty's trying to, her career, she's trying to get her career to take off. Yeah. I don't know. You can edit all my ups and ahs and long words <laughs> and stuff, can't you? Not going to. Hmm. Leave it a bit. Betty goes to um, have an audition, and I thought that was a mental scene. And I bet that old man was excited during that audition scene. Yeah, he probably enjoyed that, didn't he? Dirty old yeah. dad. I thought it was Leslie Nielsen at first. I was like, oh no, that's not him. I thought <laughs> I recognised him, but I, I, it's, I, no idea who he is. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, Adam Kesher being pressurised by Matthew People to cast a particular girl. Um, he's this watching- particular girl is called Camilla Rhodes. He goes home, finds his wife with Billy Ray Cyrus, Billy, and then uh, instantly pours pink paint all over his wife's jewelry, jewelry, which is a, a great move to do. Great thinking to do um, in that situation. Yeah, you're never going to get that pink paint off, are you? No. <laughs> um, they have a fight, and then after that, that massive, large ma- mafia man comes in and punches the shit out of Billy Ray Cyrus and Justin through his wife. So he's 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 um, getting chased by the mafia, and then he's told to go and meet this cowboy. Yeah, because his I don't know his credit cards have been stopped and stuff, and yeah, he's got nowhere to uh, go. And he's got no money, um, and yeah, for some reason he's told to go see a f- weird fucking cowboy. But <laughs> I, I don't think I know the reason for why it's a cowboy. Do you? Not a clue. I think right. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions that we can't answer in this episode. I'm afraid. So I think if you're that's looking how. Answers, yeah, go it, we're, not, we're not here to answer the film for you. We're just here to just chat about it. So yeah, this isn't going to be called um, Mulholland Drive explained or anywhere even close. No. Probably Mulholland Drive now more confusing. <laughs> yeah, Mulholland Drive convoluted and <laughs> uh, ruined. So there's another thing that's quite important, isn't it? There's the blue key. Uh, oh, yeah. that Rita has in on her person. Uh, she she has um, from the crash. The only thing she's got with her is a handbag, which is full of money uh, and a with a blue key in it. It's a strange looking blue key. Um, yeah. So that's another mystery. What what's the money for? And um, what's the key for? Yeah, she wants to know that. What the money for? What her name is? She adopts the name Rita after seeing a is it Gilda poster? Yeah. In the in the bathroom. Um, and then both her and Betty go to a diner. She sees the name Diane on her waitress's name tag, and then she goes, Diane Selwyn, that rings a bell. Yeah, Who's that? She thinks that's her, doesn't she? She thinks maybe that's her old na- her, her actual name. Yeah, so that's another p- part of the puzzle that they unlock. Um, and then Who is Diane Selwyn? <laughs> yes. I'm having a sugar crash here. I've had pan of chocolate for my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, what are you going to say? Yeah, um, so they're sort of having a look about, aren't they? Thinking who, who are we and that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so feel like we, did, we didn't really talk about the tramps scene that much, did we? I think we went off on a tangent. What, did, what were you thinking when you saw that character come from behind the wall? I, like I told you, I shit myself. 
I, there's nothing more to say. I shit myself, and that was it. <laughs> I forgot it was that early on in the bloody film. I yeah. thought I had a bit more time to prepare. And then every time, like, every time they went to the diner, I sort of was, I was on edge. I was prepared to see it again. <laughs> um, but I, I've seen it a few times this week when I've taken Fleur out at night for a wee and stuff like that. Um, in person? No, I just keep thinking I've, I'm going to see it around the corner. Oh, God. Or something. So, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's 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 haunted me a little bit it's weird isn't it because it's not quite a jump scare it doesn't come you can sort of see its arm but you know it's well, coming it's the music isn't it it's the music but it's not like <laughs> it doesn't do that it just sort of drones slowly just, doesn't it and then just comes into the frame and then goes out of it again it's just how how unnaturally it comes around the corner if you know what i mean yeah it is weird it comes around uh, to make the people jump if you know what i mean sort of makes your heart feel when your stomach go over a bit you're like oh i don't like that yeah, it was, that a, sort of feeling. was a bit frightening. There's another funny scene, the hitman, when he... Oh, um, yes, 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 yes. He's, he's chatting to a friend, isn't he? I don't know who the friend is. A friend's, I don't know, like a, a casting agent <laughs> or something. He's got a black book on his table um, and yeah. a black book of names of, like, I don't know, contacts and stuff. So his friend that's come to see him, I don't think they've seen each other for a while, um, wants the black book, so shoots his friend. Um, I know. And yeah. the bullet goes through him and then through the wall and you hear a scream and he goes around to the next room and it's hit like <laughs> the fella who's just shot secretary and she's yeah. screaming so he tries to drag <laughs> her into the room where yeah, he just killed someone she thinks she's been she thinks she's been bitten yeah. <laughs> 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 bit me good <laughs> <laughs> anyway and he's seen by uh the like the caretaker um, <laughs> Poor fella. So he shouts him and says, "Come and help me." She's been bitten or whatever. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just the ambulance. So he comes in and he shoots him as well. And then the fire uh, alarm goes yeah. off. And oh my god! So he's basically <laughs> a calamitous hitman. It's just he's just yeah he's absolutely messed that whole yeah thing up. Which at the time really. of watching, you think, "What the hell has this got to do with the film?" Yeah, it is funny though it's... that large woman accidentally getting shot. It just made me laugh. I, I don't know. I, t- I felt bad because I wasn't sure if I was meant to be laughing, but when she said, "Somebody just bit me," yeah. just got me. Anyway, I think it is meant to be funny. It's just the mental series of events, isn't it? Just two yeah. things He gets shot. Large woman gets shot. Dallas gets shot. Hoover explodes. Alarm goes off. What did she think better? <laughs> I don't know, she was just like a bug or something. Like a mosquito. <laughs> I was laughing my head off at that. I don't know, but I, that's what he does, David Lynch. I'm not sure if you're meant to be laughing or meant to be going, ooh, that's a bit strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he's, he's like the worst hitman ever, isn't he, in that scene? He just completely cocks it all up. Um... Again, that's just another random scene, like the men going behind the diner. Um, and yes. you think, what has this got to do with the film? Um, obviously, it all comes apparent at the end, but for a good yeah. two hours, you are scratching your head. Yeah, you are. Um, but that's the scene. And then there's also, obviously, the scene of... Uh, they go towards the end of the weird... Before you sort of get to the revelation part in the last 20 minutes, they go to a, a club, don't they? Did you, do you have the name of the club? I forgot to write it down. Silencio. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah club Silencio or something. Silencio. 
Um, cause, yeah, because in the middle of the night, um, what's her name? She got many names. They're now lovers, by the way, Bessie and Rita. Oh yeah, I mentioned. forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, they're now they've fallen into each other's arms, and they, um, yeah, are now together. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, and then in the middle of the night, she just starts whispering silencio. That was fucking she? scary as well. She just wakes up in the night and she starts going silencio. That would be weird. Silencio. Yeah. Starts, <laughs> oh yeah, that freaked me out. She wakes up, says, "We need to go to this." You come with me to this place. So they go to Club Silencio. Um, and that's like a, a show of illusion sort of thing, isn't it? Um, you say yeah. there's a band behind the curtain um, and they're going to play the trumpet and then you hear the trumpet and then someone's playing the, I don't know, the woodwind, I don't know, a clarinet. Um, and then the, a fella comes out and he's playing an instrument and then he moves the instrument away from his mouth but it's still playing. So it's like, it's a pre-recording. That's the illusion. Um, yeah. And then a lady comes out um, to sing Crying by Roy Orbison in, in Spanish, uh, which is is a big scene in Only Falls and Horses. So there you go. So it could, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's a, a bloody funny scene. But anyway, not in, not in this film. It's not funny. Um, no. It basically, I have to explain it now. In Only Fools and Horses, says there's uh, a singer, um, and Delboy hires him to play at this club, and there's a lot riding on it. And the singer's a bit like, well, I pick my own songs, and he doesn't really know why he picks his own songs, but Delboy's like, no, none of that, I'll pick your songs for you. So he makes him sing Crying, and then when he gets yeah. to the chorus, he goes, Crying. Oh, uh, right. Turns out he can't <laughs> pronounce his R's. Um, and yeah, it's funny. But anyway, this woman sings it. She can pronounce her R's. She's Spanish, of course she can. Oh god, yeah. Um, rolled R's. Rolls the shit out of them. Um, <laughs> so she sings it great, and then she just faints. Um, but the song yeah. was still playing, so she wasn't singing. It was another pre-recording. Uh, Nothing is as it seems, Callum. Just like Nothing this film. Real. And then obviously Betty starts convulsing, doesn't she? She does in her seat, and and then they start crying their eyes out at it because they realise. Yeah. Reality might not be what it seems. And, and this is breaking reality. And then they somehow got a blue box in the the purse now. Yeah, how did that happen? Mm. Who knows? So they've been to a lovely gig where someone's fainted, and then they return back to uh, Betty's aunt's house. And then they where's put the, Betty gone? Well, yeah, the Betty's just disappeared. So then they put the key in the box, open the box, and there's nothing in it but darkness. <laughs> um, yeah, which is great because i've been like what's in the bloody box and there's nothing so thanks yeah. to that, david lynch um but the, the the box is basically it's it's like a key back to reality yeah. isn't it in a way it's like a portal back to reality yeah. we get sucked in uh to the box and we're now we're we're in, in the time. same place but different reality oh we've missed a big bit Go on then. Well, I didn't when they go to the apartment, they go to Diane Selwyn's apartment. They find her name in the phone book. Try ringing her, and she doesn't answer. Oh um, yeah. So they go to the apartment and they go in, and there's a, there's a, someone dead in bed. So they look like oh, they're yeah. dead for a few days. Yeah, it's like seven, isn't it? Um, yeah. Much, much like what's in the box. A lot of seven comparisons. Mm. Box. <laughs> Boxes. Dead person. dead person on bed. That's it. That is pretty creepy. That scene, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, I looked at her face. I couldn't tell if it was like 
all mashed up or something. Well, I think I must have had a lamp on or something because oh, it was God. too dark. Do you know, like when you've got a light in the background and all, I could just see my face. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> so your face was superimposed onto that dead body. Yeah, pretty just much. Looking into so it. I couldn't <laughs> see. There was no definition on the face to me. <laughs> uh, so I, was, <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was. It just started yeah. screaming and crying and ran out and I was, didn't really know. Oh, right, who it yeah. was, I didn't realise, but anyway. Yeah, anyhow. I don't think but we're anyway, meant to know who that is, really. We're not meant to, but the back in reality now, they've opened the box, the back in reality, um, and Betty Elms is no more. She is Diane Selwyn. Whoa! Betty is Diane. Uh, she's in her apartment, which is the apartment they saw the dead body in. Yes. And her, na- and- her neighbour comes round, doesn't she, and, and, and comes for her stuff. Um, and it's quite apparent that she's she's not doing as well as Betty was. Uh, she's not doing as well as she was in her dream, like sort of. Uh, yeah, at this point, the film basically does the thing that all primary school teachers beg their class not to do when they write stories and it say was it was dream. all a dream. Yeah. Classic. It's classic. Uh, right? It's a great. It's it is just, things, I think it was all a dream because it makes the po- easy the way out. possible, doesn't it? So, um, yeah. what did it famously Dallas didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure because someone got shot, but then it was like, oh no, hang on, it was all a dream. Because yeah. everyone, yeah, that that, a lot of people like uproar that. that, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, our parents. Uh, that's all they go on about. Uh, not our parents. We're not brothers or anything. It's just us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, but uh, it, the, why was Dallas so big for our parents' generation? Anyway, it I matter. don't think my parents mentioned it. Maybe it's yours. They always go on about Jr. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I, I've heard about people going on about it. I used to just think it was Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Good old JR. Right. So we're going to now go into all the theories, all the strange goings on, what it all means if we can. Probably not going to be able to. It's going to be difficult. I don't really understand. Totally. I only understand when someone told me exactly what was happening in a YouTube video, basically. I was like, oh, yeah. right, okay. I'm enough. not going to give that person credit. <laughs> no, I'm not either. Before we go into all that, Jake, when you finished watching this film, did you literally have no idea what was going on? Did you have Did you have any sort of thoughts? Yeah, no, I had some idea. I, I sort of got it. If you think of it as the first two hours are a dream, the last 20 minutes is reality, it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, unless you, but I don't know. I think I wish someone had told me that before I watched it because I think I would have given it more thought. I think I would have yeah. looked at things differently. Yeah. So when I first watched this film, I'm not ashamed to admit I gave it like a two and a half stars on Letterboxd. I was like, that was, that was shite. Mm. Um, and then I looked into it and I understood it a bit more. I gave it three and a half because it, it, it's still not my thing, but I, I I get it. I appreciate what it was about and what it was trying to do and stuff now but i didn't get that on first watch on first watch i just thought it was shit yeah <laughs> because, because I, just, I think it's just because i didn't get it so it's more a reflection of me than it is on the film no, that's fine yeah when i first um, watched it a few years ago uh, i was a bit and i hate this saying smooth brained um it just uh, all went over your head sort of it thing. just went over my head didn't really i didn't catch all the hidden meanings or anything just didn't register with me so i just thought it was about a woman who had I'm you know, just got attacked by just, just by, yeah, it was was all right for most of the film, and then it was just horrible, and then got attacked by some old people. Yeah, uh, so I thought I. that's what the film was about. I didn't understand the diff that they were all different characters. I didn't understand it was. I don't know what I was thinking while I was watching. I was just an absolute idiot just watching. Like what? Um, but but I think I think everyone is at first. I think you have to watch it a couple times. It's yeah, you, you don't understand the film until you've finished it. Yeah, true. Um, 
and you try. I, I don't think I even thought about it back then. No, I was just like, all right, that was a bit strange. That must just be what David Lynch is like. And yeah. I don't think I even researched it. I was like, that was weird. I think I still gave it four and a half stars, though, at the time, which is a bit strange. I must, I must have been happy being confused. Fair enough. So after um, the dream has ended, Diane is, isn't is what we thought she was. She's not Betty, who's an up-and-coming film star. Um, yeah. The world is her oyster, um, and she's living living the dream sort of thing. She's actually yeah. a, a failed actress um, in a dirty apartment and she's close to just giving up on the dream completely, isn't she? Um, she is. There's yeah. also hints that she's a bit of a drug addict as well. Um, at the start, you can hear someone, um, I don't know, using heroin, I think. Is that oh, can you? what it's meant to oh. be? Yeah. I've what heard stuff like? like that, like at the start of it, start the very start of the film where you see like the bed and the pillow, the sound yeah. over it is someone. Oh, is it? I don't know. Maybe that's what she's done to get fall into a deep that's sleep. What I mean, yeah. So it's that's it's this all like, it's, yeah. That's why maybe the dream is so vivid, is because yeah. it's she's tripping, <laughs> tripping balls. <laughs> you know, she probably was that wide-eyed character when she first came to Hollywood, but she's been absolutely um, sort of I don't know, just let down by the system maybe yeah. there's a lot of things that have happened to her i found out since researching not while watching the film by the way that obviously she she was she she auditioned to, to be an actress alongside rita whose real name is camilla, camilla rhodes camilla rhodes yeah so who in the dream was the girl that got all the roles yes yes so um, yeah in the, the dream, dream that she the was, the was pushing on adam kesher um, yeah the girl cast yeah it's quite hard to talk about isn't it because mm. it is all a bit mental but they both her and the real camilla rhodes went for a role in that guy who didn't really like her auditions film and then camilla got it and betty didn't mm. basically uh, diane didn't whatever her name is naomi watts didn't but they sort of became friends didn't they after that and she helped her out they camilla became helped. more than friends they became lovers all right so that that's real that that bit that's not a dream they they were that's um, the real quiz. Involved. Yeah, that's the real quiz. Uh, I don't know. If I think they, they're not together anymore, are they? I think they've since broken up. But that, that's sort of present day. And then within this last bit, there's, a, I think, a flashback, isn't there? It's a flashback, yeah. She goes to... Diane is invited to um, a party by Camilla. Um, yeah. A car comes and picks her up. It's the same car from the start. Yeah. Um, which, bit of trivia, it's got the same number plate as Larry David. And Kirby and I knew that. I wanted to reveal that, you bastard. You <laughs> I thought to... you wouldn't have known that. No, nah, you need to beat me to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, okay. But anyway, yeah, that that car drops off at a party. Um, she's met at the door by Camilla, and they're taken in. And it turns out it's Camilla's engagement party to the director Adam Kesher. Um, so obviously Diane's not very happy that uh, well, Camilla's been a bit of a twat, really. She as well, soon as she gets there, she she goes with him and then gets off with that other actress for a bit. Calm. What's going? Spoiler what? alert: Camilla is a twat. <laughs> she is to be fair she yeah she she's the girl that she's she's gets most of her roles not as ethically as um diane is willing to, to sort of get a role she just doesn't get it based on raw talent does she and that's what is hinted at that's why that's what the mafia is all about isn't it obviously i don't think the mafia is actually involved in getting a cast but um to sort of let herself down a bit more gently diane creates the illusion that she's getting these roles um Sorry, she's not getting these roles, and Camilla's getting these roles through another for another reason. It can't just be that Camilla's better than Diane, or yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so so the the young actress in her dream is representative of the real Camilla, 
sort of yeah getting the roles unfairly basically like there's no way that she can get him without how could she get it over diane sort of thing and she obviously dreams about her own audition uh, for that film and the only person who doesn't like her audition is the director so she thinks it's just the director that's like dead set against her for some reason yeah and then the end where obviously like you say she she's going out with adam kesher and she kisses that um that random woman yeah. it's hinted at that she used this sort of sexuality to get roles as well i think Oh, is it? Um, whereas, obviously, yeah, I think that's another another. That's I think that's why she's kissing it. And she's, but she's very doing it very in front of uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah, <laughs> nasty, nasty, evil. She is nasty. So that's that. So we know that. And then uh, Diane sort of, she's had enough. She she's her life is ruined. Her lover's gone, and it's all because of of Camilla. Um, yeah. So she goes to the the hitman, who is the clumsy hitman in the dream, um, yeah. and she hands over the wad of cash um, that is in the dream is in Rita's handbag, um, and he says, and, and, "Oh, sorry." And she asks for her to kill uh, for him to kill Camilla. Yeah, and he says, "What does he say?" Something like, "As soon as you pass me the money, that's that's it. We're we're doing it. It's yeah. happening." And when the job like, is done, yeah, I... sorry. When the job is done, you'll find a blue key. So that was what the blue key meant all this time. It is good how it does that, like because in my own dreams in real life, I repurpose things and yeah. like, get things confused. So I quite like that. And you repurpose people like this has done. So yeah, so it's quite it is clever in that in that um, respect. Mm-hmm. I like all that. Um, but yeah, that's basically his calling card, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the key. So he's going to leave it behind the diner, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that's why that that bum character is behind the diner because she's obviously scared of in her dream. She's on a nightmare about. It. She's scared of going behind the diner and mm. facing what she's. So that's why done. the 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 bum is is representing the act of of hitting. Yeah. So getting someone killed, isn't it really? Because um, that's why. Yeah. And that guy, there. She finds the key and. That's it. It's yeah. Done. Yeah, and that's why that guy in her dream's terrified of going around the corner because she is another thing I, that I obviously was explained to me in the video <laughs> uh, was the reason she f- imagined that hitman doing a really shit job is because she was felt really guilty about it and was hoping that would yeah that he would mess it up yeah that's why that scene <laughs> just goes absolutely tits up obviously. she sat there full of guilt um, and while she <laughs> sat there there's the, the two old people from the start of the film um, a, t- a miniature. They're tiny. They walk they're shrunk under, down. Shrunk down. They're walking under the door, which is I think she's probably still tripping balls, man. Yeah. Um, and they're just laughing and they're having a great old time. Who are the old people? I I, I got the impression that they're maybe relatives from back home. Um, and she's won this competition. She's moved away, and I don't know. I feel like they're a representation of her lost innocence, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. I actually, I, I didn't really look into. Because it said it said that they're meant to be like the 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 judges from the dance contest, but that wouldn't. Oh, why, right. would she, why would she care about them? So I well, I reckon maybe it's like I don't know her grandparents from back home or something. And, um, yeah, she's feeling like she's she, well, she's obviously let them down. Um, well, well, if they're judges, then they'll be judging her for what she's done. Won't all they? that, yeah. There's the, it could be anything that's never explained. I don't think there's any sort of. But anyway, they become now full size and they are hysterically laughing and chasing her around her apartment. <laughs> yeah, which I found hilarious and you found terrifying. Yeah, apparently. until she runs into her bedroom, opens the drawer at the side of um, her bed, yeah. grabs a gun, um, and shoots herself and kills yeah. herself, and she's dead, dead. and she's back. Back in the dream world, because at the end there's clips of 
Betty and Rita again over Hollywood. Yeah, um, lovely. But it also shows you um, flashes of the bum holding the the blue box. Yeah, and the blue box was in the draw. Next it was to the gun, in the draw. It? Yeah. So, yeah. but I don't really know. What the, I still don't know what the blue box is meant to represent. Really, I don't really know what that means. Is it just something she's repurposed? I think it's just one, once the box is open. Well, actually, in real life, it doesn't. It's just by the gun. Maybe it's what she kept the gun in. Maybe that's all it is. Is it? Oh, hang on. Maybe it was a box that she keeps a heroin in. So that is the portal between the dream world uh, and the awake yeah, world. Probably. Yeah, it's like what's it in Harry Potter <laughs> that they need to get? There's Not no heroin there, in Hogwarts. No, I know. Well, <laughs> have you seen Filch? <laughs> Serious uh, <laughs> uh, But no, they have a key, something key, Porter keys or something. It's sort of like that. Yeah, so possibly. I've I've literally just thought of that right now. Jake, you're a genius. Get yeah. on Reddit now and let <laughs> everyone know. Yeah. <laughs> It's, he loves ending films in a very depressing way, does David Lynch. Yeah. Listen, I, I must think of Elephant Man. Well, you don't have to think of Elephant Man. I can't hey, James, think of Elephant Man. I can't think about Jake. it again. <laughs> I miss him. <sighs> you know, genuinely, man. after I watched Elephant Man, I'd be just dead quiet. And, and Chelsea say you're all right, and I'm just, I just, I'm just thinking about the Elephant Man again. Why <laughs> <laughs> that fucking film? Just, for a full week, I'd just be just get dead sad, and just, I just, I was just thinking about it. I was doing the same, to be honest. I kept thinking of the there's, there's just going into the, his room and that's, that's what and it was. Throat. It was that scene. He, he yeah. was happy in his house and his little home, and they just came in and his friends. Yeah, and they forced women on him and oh, don't, also, don't. Oh, it was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. I'm sad again. It's all right. We'll 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 move away from it. I'm I don't. Think I don't think we could ever do the Elephant Man. I don't think I could ever watch that again. No, I don't think I could actually. Be honest, it's it's one of Carl Pilkerton's favourite films, along with Kez. Yeah, he likes about. depressing how, films. <laughs> how could he? Why are these two top films? Maybe he'd get on with David Lynch. Mister Trees, don't worry about me, my friend. I am happy every hour of the day. My life is full. Could I know that I am loved? Is there any more? Did you find any more theories about the film while you were looking into it, or anything like that? I can't, I'm trying to see there, if I oh, there's, there's, there's so many. There's there's a theory that um, Diane um, and Dan the Hitman are the same person. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that's why their names are similar and they've got similar hair. But that's literally, I think, all anyone's come up with on that one. And that's yeah. why he's a shit hitman because she's worried that that's what she'll be like if she tries when she tries to do it, sort of thing. All oh, right. Then what, the, then what does the blue key mean? Maybe it's the key to a house. God, so but yeah, there's it's all not... sorts of theories. It's, you could go on forever. It's like The Shining. You can literally go on for for yeah. however long the film's been out for, just talking about it because people still are. So yeah, that, that's why I chose it really, just because I thought we'd we'd find out a lot and have quite a bit to talk about. But it was, I think it was just too confusing to talk about in teaser, wasn't it? And it's hard yeah. to talk about in order. The only other notes I've got is she has a she has a cry wank or a crank, as Russell Brown calls it. <laughs> um, so I don't think I've seen many of them in films. Um, and there's also a scene where they both got their tops off. Do you think acting seriously with your tits out would be hard? Could you do it with your <laughs> testicles out? Uh, you reckon? With your balls out? Could you do a good acting scene with your balls out? Because they do well I with their breasts out. Look at that scene with my balls in, so never mind that. Uh, <laughs> um, they're the only, literally the only notes I've got left. Uh, I'm just trying to look. So both uh, of your last notes were one about cranks and one about tits. Well, they're the only two that I had mentioned. I was a bit worried. Tea. I was worried That's about you mentioning. to a T. Yeah, it's, it's just, just it's not, not particularly for me, but I, I think it, it, it's a good film. I love it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have my reasons. 
I don't wish to share them with you. I don't think I'm going to give you the... Uh... Oh, man. <laughs> no, I can if you want. Why I Love Mulholland Drive by Callum Lewis Brown. Age 27. <laughs> um, obviously, I love David Lynch. Uh, this is one of the first films I watched of his. Um, but And obviously, since watching all his other films, except for Dune, that's the only one I haven't seen, and all of Twin Peaks, which has become my favourite TV show. Well, the new Dune, is it? It's the old, the 80s. It's the old Dune, yeah. yeah. Um, rewatching Mulholland Drive and much more in tune with his style, I'd say. And just, I know, I was, I was much more ready to sort of interpret it this time rather than the first time I was just baffled. Um, I like films like this. That's why uh, that have lots of interpretations. It's why The Shining is probably one of my favorite horror films as well, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and this, as you said, there's still theories about this coming out daily. Um, I like strange humour, and this is full of strange things happening that just make me laugh, like old people being tiny and running around and stuff. Um, and I just, I yeah, as I said, this is David Lynch is one of the only directors that actually creep me out with with scenes he makes, and I quite like being scared because I it's the only thrill I have in life because I don't like roller coasters or anything, so I have to find it somewhere. <laughs> so I have to just be uh-huh. scared by horror films. Do you and... think this is a good introduction to David Lynch? No, no. I wouldn't have watched this one. You I should. Have you, I should have said, watched a few others first. I would have said maybe go Blue Velvet and then a Razorhead maybe before this one. I think Blue Velvet's probably the first one to watch. Really, they're both it, on because, my list to watch because it's weird. It is still weird, but it's much more straightforward story-wise. And then there are creepy bits in it, though. I have got something to admit, though. Um, go on. Before I watched this film, and I had a look what other films David Lynch has done. I saw Elephant Man, thought, yeah, seen that. Um, saw Blue Velvet, and I got yeah. it mixed up with Blue Valentine, uh, Frank Gosling. So I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know if it influenced me, but I realised after I'd watched it, oh, it's not it's not that film. No, well, that's fair enough. Blue V, you're very close. That's, that's all I've seen. That's <laughs> all I saw, yeah, Blue V. and Yeah. Right fair then, enough. have you got anything else to say about Mulholland Drive? Um, not about Mulholland Drive, but if you want to laugh, watch David Lynch's uh, Ice Bucket Challenge video. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> mental. I will. And now, I would like to nominate for the Ice Bucket Challenge, Vladimir Putin. Thank you very much. Now it's time for another game show we created mere moments before we started recording. Here's your host, Jake Bryce. I'm going to say, right, obviously Mulholland Drive is a famous street for films. Yeah. It's a famous street, obviously it's a real street. Um, yes. I'm going to, I've got five famous streets from film and TV <laughs> written down. Uh-oh. And I've put them into an anagram maker. God. And I've, I'm going to see if you can guess them. So the first, the first one is Assert Esteem. It's definitely a street. Uh, Assert a street. Esteem. See, right, I'll give you a few clues. Um, Little red lad who loves learning. Um, Little red lad? Yeah, he's got a few mates. One of them... Poe? Tell me something. No. He's all about Poe. No, one of them's... He's not far off Poe. One of them's a, a massive big thing with wings um, and there's two other mates who are inseparable they're always together uh, Sesame Street Sesame Street yeah I don't know we were doing TV as well okay oh no fine. I said film and TV you just oh, need to sorry. listen um, <laughs> I don't think you... I like this 
this game show host. He's not very nice. Do you want me to carry on, or is this rubbish? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't mind it. All right, so the next one is Alert Swelt. Yeah. Um, there's a few films about this place. Wall Street. Yeah. Wall Street. Well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Blades Venturous. Um, there's, Def- there's definitely an avenue, that one. There's mm, there's hints to oh. it in this film. Um, there's another film. It's the title of another film. Oh, right? Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, yeah. No? Yeah, correct, yeah. Um, Boom! The next one is my favourite one. Container Tutors. Um, this one's... Coronation Street. Oh, f- yeah, correct, yeah. Well done, well done. I wanted to do a few clues. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I'm too good at this game. What was your claim for Coronation Street? I was just going to say it's a bit closer to Rome, and I was just going to name a few. I was going to say Duckworths and go on about Tyrone and Fizz and stuff. (laughs) I'm not scared. And then the last one is Greater Reverence. If you you think you're good, I'm not going to give you any clues. Greater Reverence? Yeah. Mm. That must be an avenue, surely. No, it's not. Um. There's a few. We know a few people that live on that street. Really? Yeah, there's a few people uh, that live on that street that we're, we're aware of. Um, there's a family. There's a family of five we know live there, and they've got a neighbour, which is a family of four. Um, the neighbours don't necessarily get on. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember where the Simpsons live. If that's what you go Ever- for. Evergreen Terrace. Yeah. Evergreen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Cut that if you want. Don't know. Come no, I can't like it. There you go. But anyway, you got all of them, but the last one then, didn't you? I think so, yeah. I just can't remember where the Simpsons lived, because it's not the name of the show. Like, no, yeah. That's, that's fine. Um, Container Tutors is my favourite for Coronation Street. Container <laughs> Tutors. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a cruel prank you'd do. When you're it is, yeah. Making them smell a fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Before we go, we probably should put that, um, see where we're going to put Mulholland Drive in the list. Oh, yeah, of course. Well... <laughs> I am happy to put it one below Jaws. I'm not going to put it above Jaws. I'm sorry. You can, you can. It's it, it's your pick. So if you really want, you can put it whatever you want. But no. I will, I will beat you to a pulp before you put it above Shining. That's no. It's not. It's not better than The Shining. But oh, I, I gave both The Shining and Mulholland Drive five stars on rewatching, and they could easily sneak their way into my top five films. Actually, now rewatching. If you want to put um, it above Jaws, then you do that. But you well, hold the guilt for that. Well, you eventually gave it 3.5, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, so what's the average between 5 and 3.5? Just above 4, is it? 4 to 4, 4.25, is it? Yeah, so it has to, because George was a 4, so yeah. Um, so that makes it sort of the same rating we gave Jaws. I'm ha- I think Jaws is probably better when I think about it. So should we put it underneath One under Jaws? Jaws. Yeah. So it's third, which is quite good for a film you gave 3.5. <laughs> and originally yeah, gave 2.5. Because Jaws isn't... It's not a particularly clever film. No. But it doesn't have to be a doesn't clever film to be. to be a good film, yeah. That's correct. So Mulholland Drive is in third place on the list. Obviously, we've done the full round with this uh, with this series. Is this series one then? Yeah, this well, this is series one, I suppose. Because we've done seventies, naughty. Uh, sorry, seventies, nineties, noughties, sixties, eighties, tens. 
next week is going to be a bonus episode then. So um, I've come up with a dealer's choice. So I'm going to give you four films that are omitted from the 1001 movies to watch before you die. So none of these are on that list um, for one reason or another. Yeah. Not necessarily that I think they should be, but they're good films. I've seen all of them. I think you've seen all of them as well. Okay. Um, and I know we both like them. Oh, um, that's good. So I'm going to give you the year the films come out and the genre um, of all four films, and then you get to pick which one. I mean, okay. we don't have to stick to it, really. If, if, if it's one that you go, oh, I don't want to watch that, then we can pick another. It's just for fun. Um, right, okay. So the first okay. film is from 2010, and it's a comedy drama. Right. The next film is 2004, and it's romance sci-fi. Yeah. Think and I know that one is. Right. Then there's 1997, which is a crime drama. Uh, don't know that one. And there's 2017, and it's an action crime. Hmm. We're going to cut the podcast right there, at the point where I've smacked my head against my microphone for some reason. I did pick a film at the end of this um, episode, but we thought it'd be fun just to leave it a mystery until the next episode. So keep an eye on our Instagram and our Twitter, things like that, for little clues as to what it might be. You can get involved, all three of you that listen, if you'd like to have a few guesses. We'll give some clues out during the week. If you enjoyed this episode, um, I'm not sure if you did, because... To be honest, I don't think we even understood what was going on in Milholland Drive. And the way we describe it and try to explain it, it's seemingly incomprehensive. So sorry about that. But we tried our best. If you enjoyed it, give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow us on uh, Letterboxd as well. Um, If you like, you can like this podcast, I think, apparently. And if you give us a review, apparently that helps. So that would be brilliant too. Um, We'll see you next week for the last episode of this series, I suppose. It's sort of a bonus episode. Um, As Jake said, it's going to be about a film that doesn't actually feature in the book. But we either think maybe should do, or it's just one of our favourite films that we like to talk about anyway. Or maybe a guilty pleasure. I guess you're going to find out. So... Yeah, as I said, we'll leave clues on our social media about what it could be. Have fun with that. Um, Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, See you next week. Farewell. Farewell. Farewell.